0: This is AutoLine Daily, the show dedicated to enthusiasts of the global automotive industry. Politicians in the U.S. and Europe are talking tough about increasing import tariffs on Chinese vehicles. But some auto execs are saying, hold your horses. They're not completely on board with blocking the Chinese. Stellantis CEO Carlos Tavares says he doesn't want to see the U.S. raise the tariffs on Chinese cars because he's concerned about a potential backlash. He says Stellantis is a global company, so even if the U.S. raises protectionist barriers, Stellantis is not going to be protected everywhere else. Instead, Tavares says everyone else needs to learn how to compete with the Chinese automakers head-on. And Ola Kalenius, the CEO of Mercedes-Benz, says any increase in protectionism against China would be destructive for Europe. Of course, they both have a vested interest in not upsetting Chinese officials. Stellantis is investing in Chinese automaker Leap Motor for EV technology. And one out of three Mercedes-Benzes sold around the world is sold in China. Speaking of Mercedes-Benz, it reported its 2023 earnings this morning. And while the numbers are solid, the company is kind of treading water. Let me explain. It sold over 2.4 million vehicles last year about 35,000 more than it did in 2022. That brought in 3.2 billion euros more in revenue for a total of 153 billion. But that's up only 2%, which doesn't even cover the rate of inflation. Costs also went up. So the company's 19.6 billion euro operating profit was down nearly 4%, and its net profit of 14.5 billion was down almost 2%. Mercedes is also rolling back its EV plans. Ola Kalenius says EV demand is slowing and that it will be many years before BEVs reach cost parity with ICE vehicles. Mercedes had set a goal of having EVs account for 50% of its global sales by 2025, but now it expects to hit that target later in the decade. Because of that, the automaker will continue updating its ICE lineup into the next decade. Last year it sold 240,000 BEVs, which accounted for about 12% of Mercedes-Benz's car sales. Rivian and Lucid also reported their financial earnings for last year, and while there's a lot we could talk about, let's focus on the most important numbers, how much cash they have, and how fast they're burning through it. Rivian has $7.8 billion in the bank, which is a significant war chest, however, Last year, it burned through 3.7 billion of it, and at that rate, it has a little over two years of cash to keep it going. But the company is making progress. Thanks to cutting its fixed and variable costs and earning more revenue for every vehicle it sold, it managed to cut the cost of making its vehicles by $80,000 per unit. However, it's still losing over $43,000 on every truck and van it sells. It's really a matter of scale. Rivian just needs to sell a lot more vehicles. Meanwhile, Lucid burned through $365 million in cash and has just under $1.4 billion left over. So it has almost four years of cash to keep it going. But it's not making progress in the sense that its total revenue went down last year as costs keep going up. It posted an operating loss of $3 billion, which was 19% worse than what it lost in 2022. And it doesn't look like the situation will improve anytime soon. Lucid only sold 8,428 cars last year. This year, it expects to make about 9,000. But just to break even at its current cost structure, we estimate it needs to sell about 45,000 vehicles a year. So it has a long way to go. We want to know what drives your testing. OTA, connected car, diagnostics, remote testing. Intrepid Control Systems is here to help you work from anywhere. Intrepid Control Systems, driven by your data. This slowdown in EV demand has automakers scrambling AutoWeek reports that GM started a crash program to bring out plug-in hybrid versions of the Chevy Silverado in GMC Sierra. That will put it in a race with Ram to introduce the first size PHEV pickup in the U.S. Ram tells us that its plug-in Ram charger will be out after the full battery electric version of the 1500 pickup, which is coming out in the fourth quarter of this year. So the Ram Charger won't come out until the end of this year at the earliest and is more likely to launch in early 2025. Going back to GM, it's also canceling plans to develop all new versions of the Chevy Express and GMC Savannah vans. They were supposed to be based on the Bright Drop delivery van, which is built on the Altium platform. And it's unclear if GM will keep the current vans around longer longer whose basic design goes all the way back to the early 1970s. Although GM's not bringing the vans into its Altium platform, Automotive News reports that production of its bright drop vans will resume on April 1st in Canada after being offline since October of last year due to lack of batteries. But it's not just plans for EV vans that GM is dropping. It's canceling a small electric pickup as well, that would have been about the same size of a Ford Maverick. And speaking of a Maverick EV, AutoWeek says it and the Bronco EV program have been put off until at least early in the 2030s. And it looks like most automakers are backing off the idea of a small electric pickup. Nissan is also putting off development of an electric truck that would have slotted below the frontier. And that makes me wonder if Stellantis is taking the right approach with its four core platforms that can support multiple powertrain types. While there's no doubt it will be less efficient than if it had developed dedicated platforms, it might have hit on the right strategy at the right time in the market to get the scale that it needs to make a profit. We just talked about how the all-electric RAM 1500, called the REV, will launch later this year, followed by the plug-in RAM charger, But before either of those models hit the showroom floor, Ram is launching the updated Pure ICE version. The two biggest pieces of news, in my opinion, are that it's dropping the V8 completely and will be available with a level two and two plus automated driving system. The base engine is still the company's 3.6 liter Pentastar V6. It's now paired with a 48 volt mild hybrid system and produces up to 305 horsepower and 271 pound-feet of torque. But for customers that want to step up in power, the V8 has been replaced by Stellantis' new twin-turbo three-liter inline six-cylinder engine called Hurricane. It comes in two outputs. Standard output is 420 horsepower, while the high-output version makes 540 horsepower. That compares to the outgoing 5.7-liter V8 which made 395 horsepower. The six-cylinder is also 90 pounds lighter, but it can't tow as much, even though it makes more torque than the V8 in both outputs. Max towing is now 11,550 pounds, down from 12,750. A new electrical architecture called Atlantis not only allows for more over-the-air update capabilities, but also the automated driving system I was just talking about. RAM doesn't have any clever name for it, it's just called Active Driving Assist. The Level 2 system requires the driver to have a hand on the wheel at all times. But RAM puts sensors all over the surface so a light touch anywhere should keep the system engaged. The Level 2 Plus version is a hands-free system and will currently work on 125,000 miles of road in the US and Canada. Both versions are bundled into other packages, and owners will be able to use this service for three years before having to renew it. Styling-wise, there's not a whole lot that's different, but you may notice the bigger grille and RAM logo, which was moved up higher in the grille, and the interior gets a third screen for the passenger, like the Jeep Wagoneer, as well as a new center display and materials. With more standard features, starting prices up to about $40,000 for the base tradesman and $87,000 for the new top-of-the-line Tungsten. We also had a chance to experience this truck in Austin, Texas, and we'll be posting a video about our thoughts on the new Ram 1500 soon. With all the EV startups having seen their stock prices crash, We thought that SPACs had fallen out of favor, but apparently not completely. Geely is taking Lotus public through a special purpose acquisition company, or SPAC. The sports car maker is expected to complete a merger with El Caterin Asia Acquisition Corp. today and start trading on the NASDAQ tomorrow under the ticker symbol LOT. Lotus will even ring the opening bell, which will be live stream if you want to watch it. Autoline After Hours is going to be something of a free-for-all this afternoon. We've got two car critics coming on the show. Henry Payne from the Detroit News and Mark Phelan from the Detroit Free Press. And they probably drive more cars every year than anyone that we know. And they've got something to say about what's good, what's bad, and what's downright ugly. So join John and Gary when the opinions start flying at 3 p.m. Eastern Time today on the Autoline website or on our YouTube channel. But that brings us to the end of this show. Thanks for tuning in. AutoLine Daily is brought to you by Bridgestone, solutions for your journey. And by Intrepid Control Systems, over-the-air engineering, boost your game.